BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are live out there. Good morning, everybody. Happy hump day. Uh, welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel L. Conan, Dennis Dick here with you today. Uh, talking more retail, we got a number of retail earnings. Nordstrom, Urban Outfitters, Dick Sporting Goods. We're going to talk Toll Brothers. going to talk Wendy's. Nelson Peltz, who's an activist investor, is also Wendy's largest shareholder, teasing the idea that he could take Wendy's private. Um, and if you're watching at the close yesterday, we were talking about just the 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 max pain in travel stocks. I want to get Dennis' thoughts on that, on, on the cruise lines and the airlines and the casinos, because that's where the max pain is right now. Uh, Craig Johnson is today's guest. He is managing director and chief technical or mar- chief market technician at Piper Sandler. That'll be at 835. Um, and that's going to be the show for the day. We'll try our best to take questions from the chat as we always do, so please drop your tickers in there. I'll do my best to write the tickers down as we go throughout the hour, so I'll have a whole list ready at like 8.45 for us to just rip through them. Uh, So smash that like, hit the thumbs up, hit subscribe, and let's get this show on the road here today. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. And now I'll bring on Mr. Joel Conan. Joel, good morning. How are we doing out there? Happy Wednesday. Is that a saying or not? Sure, it's hump day. Okay, uh, hump yeah. day. Uh, we were green. We're now red. We're down 18 handles at 39.2250. Kind of in no man's land here. Crewed up a buck 35 at 111.11. That's a nice round number. Gold giving back some gains from the last two days. Down 12 bucks, 1853.40. Silver, that's 
Oh, just in the red by ooh, 31 cents, 21.76. Bitcoin futures, man, just hanging out under 30, up 70 bucks, 29.375. Ethereum down 19 at 19.3750. Well, we can come in and we can replay the show from yesterday and talk about retail stocks. At least one getting killed. We got one in the green, barely. Mm. One getting killed in. Urban Outfitters up 56 cents. So two out of three, you're in the green. Not bad. Yeah, <laughs> Nordstrom right? decent. Nordstrom decent. Yeah, this is that a new shirt? Yeah, look, colored shirt. No, Where'd my you buddy. Get that thing? My, I think my buddy intern won a golf tournament and gave me this shirt. It's the only way I can get a colored shirt. I was going to say, you don't own many collared shirts. <laughs> no, I know. That's the only way I get one is if that's given to me. He said, this one's too big for me. You take it. So, anyway, so I took it. I was like, yeah, I'll take today, it. This man. is my fancy shirt. Backhanded uh, compliment. I mean, much. I look good Pretty every much. day. But <laughs> Pretty much. You know. Here, fatty. You wear this. <laughs> XL, right, baby? Uh, right. uh, definitely XL on everything, and sometimes I hit the double XL. <laughs> you hit the no, double no, XL? You don't. I have, calling, yeah, no, you, no, you don't. Do. I'm calling no. There's I'm definitely calling. nothing in my whole wardrobe that is, if it's large, it's going to be skin tight on me, man. So yeah, it's no the XL way. and the double. When you're pressing 215 to 220, Joel, you've never been up there. The double XL is just Dude, man. But there's <laughs> isn't there major resistance at 220? Oh, yeah. And I keep trying to fight it, man. When I was running last summer, I actually did start doing a little bit of running. I actually got down to almost 200 pounds. That was the lightest I've ever been. Then we went through the tundra of Georgian Bay. It was a seven-month winter. And I'm in my rental. Obviously, I'm still building my house. No treadmill or anything. So that's where the pounds just pack on. <laughs> uh, you, you remember, you guys remember Ross Cameron from Warrior Trading? He used to tell me that uh, he would punish himself for bad trades by running more. So maybe, maybe mm. that's something that you can do. You can punish yourself. You run an extra half mile for every bad trade you make, or something. I gotta start I doing some more. Exercise, I, I don't know. For sure. All right, let's talk retail. Let's, let's just start with Nordstrom here. Um, because I'll be honest, like, again, like, I guess the bar is very low. And they came in above the low bar now. So it's a bit unusual when you're trying to, like, paint a picture in your head of, of the general sense of the industry right now. Because you had a handful of disasters last week, and Nordstrom was decidedly not a disaster, right? The earnings per share, they, they, they lost money last quarter, but they only missed the estimate by a penny. Their sales came in above estimates. They also announced a $500 million stock buyback. Uh, Wall Street always loves to see that. And their forward-looking guidance was okay. It was actually pretty good. So not a not a train wreck for Nordstrom. It actually the stock and the stupid news algo, man. I'm telling you, how dumb is this news algo joke? This thing at 2550. What are you doing? A little less aggressive on the programming. Okay, yeah, they beat, but why by 25%? And it's mostly giving it back. I mean, sell the rip, work has working, I'll say again, sell the rip, working better than buy the dip ever has. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It goes 25, 50, 25, 24, 50, 24, 23, 50, 23, 22, 50, 22, 21, 21, 40 now. I mean, now, okay, that makes sense. 25, 50 never made any sense. Don't get so excited. I mean, you not on the bull were, were side. Were you watching anyway. it, Dennis? Were you watching it? Yeah, I was because I was trying to trade Macy's and Coles against it. So I was watching it a bit. I actually was trying to short it multiple times too. It ran. I don't want you don't want to be like the problem is when you say go twenty four and it's like it's going so fast. You're like 
you almost want to wait to short until it stops going up. And it's a good lesson shorting stocks because everybody thinks, oh, it's just easy. You just short it. Well, you know, you could have a 23, now it's 25, 15 phase. You can now, now what? So you almost got to like wait until she gets that initial oomph, dust settle a little bit, and then it starts to come in. And then it's hard to get on. And you know what else? Then you, can't you know get, what else yeah. on the then JWN? You, can... you got the bloody tick. Because it's moved over ten percent, oh. I think it was. Anyways, if the stock moves over ten percent, maybe it wasn't actually. Um, I think it was though. Yeah, because it closed. Yeah, the yeah, stock moves over ten. No, I actually, I mean, it may not have been, but you know, in a lot of these cases, sure. it's like right now you got tick problems. So if a stock moves more than ten percent in a day, they throw the tick on. They say, you know, no uptick rule. Kramer, bring back the uptick rule. We've got it up to grill. They brought it back in 2010. You guys are just too stupid to realize it. Um, it's it came back out alternative up to grill. If a stock moves more than 10 percent in any given day, you cannot short it on. Uh, you cannot short it on the. You have to short it on the offer, which is worse than the old up to grill. You have to short it on the offer for that day and the next day. So there's all kinds of stocks that have been doing this, and you sit there and you can't get short the old up to grill was actually less, uh, it was actually easier because it was an uptick bid. You could hit the bid to get short. But this, you can't even hit the bid at all. You have to find somebody to come and buy you. So it's not like, oh, I can pick off somebody that's there that's bidding it. You can't do that at all. So the rule is really, it makes it really tough on shorts, actually. Which, I just you know, can't just believe leads to market that inefficiencies is all it does. I, I, I just, when I, when I see a chart like that and see what the stock has done, I don't see why, you know, bigger players just wouldn't have, like, I mean, scattered orders out there, like 22 and a half, 23, 23 and a half, 24. I mean, you want 20... to know why, Joel? Do you want to honestly know why? Because all the money, majority of the money managers aren't trading after hours. They're home. Yeah, with that's their true. You've, yep. they, they, got, they got, you know, a billion dollars under management, but they tap out at four o'clock. And the other thing is, you know, for the most part, if you're not trading, if you're trading an earnings stock, you can get it. But a lot of times after hours, you know, getting a sell, you get 500,000 shares, you got 100,000 shares. Is it even worth it? So the big money managers aren't sitting after hours and not doing it. You've got day traders like me, smaller traders like me. You've got the odd institutional money manager waiting after hours. But the majority of them are like, I'm after four o'clock, going home to my family. You get paid no matter what. <clears throat> That's it. Just get paid a little bit. I, I only get like paid that. when I make money from my trades. So I have a little incentive to take advantage of these ridiculous inefficiencies. But, um, you know, normal money managers, I mean, it's drop in the bucket, right? I got you. Not worth okay. it. Uh, let's just look at this now. It's kind of settled down. Uh, we are trading above yesterday's high. I'm going to throw out the high and throw out the low from the pre-market trading because, I don't know, you may see that low. You're not that far from the low. Uh, look at that. They took it under 20, and yesterday's low was 1973. So there's a smart algo because it went to 1970. So that was a good buy. Uh, let's see. Let's just prove we can we can hold 21 here. Yesterday's high was uh, 2095, and then I'll say 23 would be a nice target. That, um, that splits a couple highs, the three- and four-day highs. Uh, let's move on to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, DKS, which is actually oh, the biggest man. loser wow. on my movers tool this morning in Benzinga Pro. It's down almost 15%. 
on its report from like a half hour ago. Uh, earnings per share for the last quarter, they beat uh, sales for the last quarter. They beat uh, EPS, though. Uh, not, guidance was not great. Their, uh, their comp, uh, same, same store sales guidance uh, for the fiscal year, they said it's going to be down. It's going to be down 2 to 8%. Um, year-over-year basis. The, these are stores that are, uh, sorry, these are sales at stores that have been open for at least one year. So just counting all new locations. Uh, so sales are going to be down two to eight percent on a year-over-year basis for the rest of the fiscal year, uh, and that's not what you want to hear if you're investing in this company. And I mean, this is just the market we're in. You can't have all the stocks trading higher. You got to hammer something. So, I mean, we talked about Dix. The pull forward on Dix COVID was probably incredible here. Um, you know, this was a COVID stock. This had the big bubble. We talked about that bubble potentially bursting and coming all the way back to where it started. I think we even said 60, did we not, Joel? I feel like we covered this. and Maybe it was a different chart. I feel like we covered this a couple of days ago and saying, yeah. well, it's coming back in. It came from 60 when COVID started. Maybe that's not where it's going it back well. to. Uh, Anyways, that's where it's going back to. It's 58. It got in the pre-market. You can see. You can see what I'm looking at. The 2020 when we broke out early 2021, right before COVID was starting, but kind of when you know, anybody on social media was starting to realize that it was starting. Um, because COVID bucks. was 20. <laughs> time, time is a construct anyway. Oh, you're right. So we got to go further back. Hang on. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about where. What, oh where yeah, crap, Joel. Oh, sorry. I take it all back. This was this before COVID started was forty. Uh oh. If this decides to give the whole COVID thing back, we got another twenty-one points of downside. Yeah, because I saw that first little bit. Getting my dates mixed up. Eh, wrong. Maybe this wasn't. Yeah, it's we're hard. It's about. hard to differentiate the pandemics. You know, I mean, it's uh, no <laughs> the non-stop pandemic. <laughs> the COVID low. Uh, was uh in um single digits at 796 uh you did talk about 60 uh we did take it out i mean there's a couple monthly lows there uh so uh 6135 was a monthly low and 6126 so you got below it i don't know 60 to 61 i mean if you're trying to bring a short in i wouldn't you know i don't know about trying to go long in that area but that looks like Decent support if you if you took it home overnight down ten bucks. What was the PE coming here, Mister Israel? With three, ask you some funnies with you. It was low. It's still low. It's been a value trap though because these earnings were all inflated. Forward PE for Dick Sporting. What was the trailing? It's they're both they're both five. How about that? That's so low. But again, remember, inflated earnings. People were buying stuff as they were doing all outdoor activities. And then we were never going to go inside anywhere again. That's over. So we give it all back. We come back to where we were. It was $40. If you're putting in your long-term portfolio at 61, are you going to go wrong? I don't know. (laughs) I used to say that. I know. I Every time I say that, the stocks just go lower. I said Disney at 120 and I, I know you're go wrong I know. And here it is 100 bucks. You yelled so, at me when I said that I, it's about that mentality. Stocks. I, they all go low. I have a bought a stock. I don't even well, know. Well, you're a genius. Life. I keep nibbling. I can't I just watch what I have go down. I have No, been... no, Dennis, that's going to pay off for you cuz I don't know. Well, you've proven time and time again that it's it's easier to get out than in. So the fact I, that the fact that you're getting in even if it's 
hurting you now and it'll hurt you tomorrow again probably <laughs> you you it'll, it'll hurt you next week too you fast forward 12 months i think you'll be okay uh, or, um, or five no, years maybe in, in the case of the financial crisis here we'll we'll do so i did um th- this I, I felt this pain in 2008 and 2009 we're not in the financial crisis but the, some of the stocks are yeah. trading you know similarly where you're like okay i'm gonna put this away and it's gonna be okay i can remember buying like merc mrk at $35 back, I believe, during the financial crisis. Like, my charts don't go back long enough, Joel, but maybe you can show it. Just we're trying to prove, like, long-term investing usually does work. We hope it's going to continue to work. But I think I bought this at 35 I think it was back in, like, 2008. If you can go back that far, Joel's going to scroll back to my memory. Scroll, 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 yeah, scroll, scroll. Yeah, right. so you, you, like, you bought it, like, that summer. Summer yeah, early. go to yeah. 2008, 2008. All right, so it worked out. So here out. you go. I bought it at 35 in 2008, and the freaking thing went to 20 bucks the next year. I was like, that's P is like five. I'm like, this is Merc. And I, I took a huge, a pretty good size position in it, like a double size position. And I'm absolutely going to kill 35, 30, 25, 20 in the long term portfolio. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, what a terrible buy this was at $35. And, you know, here we are, it's now 12 years later, and it's $95, and I got paid those dividends. The dividend yield on Merck when I bought it was, I think, 6%. At the lows, I think it was almost 8%. Nice. So, I mean, there is, you know, this a year of pain that I felt, so it was a 12 months of pain, but eventually that paid off. And bring up MasterCard, which was pretty much the same thing, and I always talk about my MasterCard position. We bring it up. We'll so okay, back. so this came out. Okay, so this is tough. Is that the beginning of it? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I think I bought this one in two thousand eight too, and I think I paid like I, I think I paid like sixteen dollars for it, and it went down to like probably twelve or ten. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting killed. <laughs> and this one ended up making my portfolio. I'm up like twenty two hundred percent on it. We know I lightened it up just for the first time this year. Or I've lightened it up a couple times, but I lightened up the bulk of it actually in January of this year just because I was nervous about this market. Um, so, anyways, but you can see that I had some serious pain. I think there's going to be stocks that are going to do this. I think some of these, you know, Kathy stocks are not going to do this, but there's going to be some stocks. If you're buying stocks with re- at reasonable valuations here, I hope, you know, when we look at them 10 years from now, these charts look similar. It's the, it's literally the exact opposite of 2020 when, like, y- you can scream from the rooftops, guys, this party will not last forever. Please take profits. Please, please, please. Yeah. And nobody will listen because everyone's having fun. And it's, oh, yeah. now it's the exact same thing, but the, uh, the opposite. Like, if you buy good companies, you'll be okay. But nobody wants hope. nobody wants to to do it because it's it's it going down every single day, right? So every day, wants to, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody everything wants to, I bought, nobody everything. wants to hear it's going to be okay. But it'll be okay, right? Like and, you hope. You hope it's going to be okay, but then sometimes it's not okay. And we could pick the wrong stocks. And some yeah. of these stocks, some of these stocks will indeed go to zero. I tweeted a list yesterday, and it was all the Kathy names. Maybe you can find the tweet here just to show this list. I'm not sure who made it. It was just floating around on Twitter. So I'd love to give credit to the person who made it, but somebody's probably stole it so many times from the original author. Um, I just retweeted somebody else that had tweeted it, but. If we show the list, it just gives it. you perspective. And sometimes we just should just stop. So SPAC Tiger is the one that tweeted this, actually. Uh, good follow on Twitter. But you can see the list I'm talking about. 
I'm like, holy, look at these moves here, Joel. You know, vroom. Oh, yeah, 90, 97%. Skills, remember when that was a Kathy stock? Yeah. That thing is down 93%. Carvana, down 92%. On this list here, I'm going to say, in my opinion, probably half of this list is going to zero. It's just my opinion, but I think half of this list is going to zero. There's going to be three or four awesome companies on this list. There's going to be three or four that would be like, wow, I can't believe I could have bought it at that price. Exactly, exactly. But there's going, so I mean, but all these companies, you know, which one is it? You know, like we had the Affirm last year. We thought, oh, everybody's buying now and paying later. It feels like now they're buying now and paying never. So I don't know if I'd gamble on that one. I would definitely think Peloton. I, I think Peloton could be a zero. Um, I've said before I thought it could go to 10 bucks. It did that pretty much, 11.25. It could be a zero. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it has the potential to be a zero. Wish, I mean, a context logic, that one there, that was social that, media, I, darling. That, that's a zero. I'm, 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 have you been on that I, website? I, it looks I, like I, it's straight. I don't know much. From, from, oh, I think that's ahead. a zero. I don't know much, but I think that's I think it could be. It could be. We aren't going to say anything definitely, but you look at Wish and you go to their website, and, and Christian Fromhertz, I remember him tweeting out, he's like, have you been there? Website looks like straight out of the 80s. It's a horrible website. <laughs> it's, it's not good. So, I mean, you look at all the stocks on that list, it's and you're good. like, oh, wow, these are juicy. They're all going to come back. Stop thinking about where they were. Stock goes down 90%. Fun fun with math. If a stock falls 90%, it has to go up 1,000% for you to get back to even. That's the fun math of it. Goes down 90, got to go back up 1,000 to get back to even. Good luck with that. Stocks go down 97 very few are going to ever come back. It's just too much. So just be careful. Just randomly buying the dip on everything because yeah, it can get ugly. It can continue. You got to buy good companies at reasonable valuations if you're a long-term investor. I'm trying to do that. We're throwing a little bit of speculative stuff in the mix, but it's been a tough, tough six months to invest. I'll tell you yeah. that. Um, just to put a bow on the Dick Sporting Goods real fast, if you're looking for other stocks trading off of it, HIBB, Hibbit Sports, is down 6% this morning. Hey, and Academy Sports, ASO, is down 7% this morning. Those are both trading off of Dick Sporting Goods here today. So, um, And Hibbit reports Friday. So, But low bar for Hibbit now. Again, these things, 100 bucks. I mean, oh, yeah, we're all going outdoors. We're never going to eat inside again. That's nah, over. COVID <laughs> stocks. Seem to all be giving it all back. Where did Hibbit come from? Like where they were, that's their, the best activity uh, you can 20, do right now for 20, all these things. 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. so there you go. So you think, oh, 100 to 40, whoa, this is cheap. But if they decide to give the whole COVID move back, you get cut in half again. Scary. Yeah, thoughts. they're losing 40 on this one. Is uh, that's been uh, that was a monthly low in December of 20, and then it's just hanging out on the monthlies there, and now. Boom, it's busted too. I'll tell you right now with dicks is uh they need some smaller stores, man. They're, first stores, they're gonna close they're gonna close stores and then they need smaller stores. They I are mean, this store is they're just too big. I mean, I just oh man. Moving with all that stuff around and they're probably paying higher wages, but uh whew. and that's the other thing too, is we continue to forget these retailers are getting their margins squeezed on both sides. Input costs, these products yeah. are coming in. And they are more expensive to make, which has nothing to do with them. They come in, they're like, "Well, we got to jack the price." And then, the, and then, the, and then the consumer service, which I never told you about my story on the weekend in Toronto. I, I went, went down to Toronto, and I did mention that I was down there. It's terrible thunderstorm, by the way. 
But did I tell you this one? So we're at the, the, where the toaster was. We were at a fancy kitchen store because we're building the house, looking fancy kitchen stuff, right? Kitchen so stuff. not buying an $1,800 toaster, but I had to take a picture of that and tweet that out. Okay. But I mean, the customer service right now, has it gotten way, like, it just seems brutal. And maybe it's because people don't respect their jobs as much, but it was never great. I mean, and, and, and if you go to like Japan, the customer service is unbelievable. I mean, you know, people really value their jobs here in retail. It's like sometimes, you know, you get good customer service, like, you know, another side example, and we're telling stories here. I was at Popeye's Chicken, I remember five years ago, you know, and I'm trying to order and the cashier is sitting there as I'm like trying to figure it out. She's rolling her eyes at me, man, because I'm like taking so long to order. That's t- typical fast food customer service. But I'm in a fast food kitchen store with $1,800 toasters and we ended up buying a sink. We bought, uh, it was a sink for our, our, our garage anyways. It was a fa- it was not fancy, but it was a, it like was a, a tub like, like to wash and paint brushes like and slop, stuff. A slop sink, right? Slop yeah. sink. Okay. Yeah, slop sink. Exactly. Anyways, I'm like, you know, first the guy can't find it. And he's like, well, I don't know where it is. I'm like, well, are you going to go find somebody that doesn't know where it is? You know, 10 minutes later, they find it, it's over there. And, and we bought it already. So, like, we paid. So, I'm like, okay, it's pretty heavy. Can you give me a hand? He's like, it's not that heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm, I've never... I've never had, he says it's not that heavy. And I'm like trying to like lift and then I had to get my wife and me and my wife carry it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, the customer service in 2022 sucks in retail. It really does. And then so we're taking us all the way back to Dick's. I'm not saying Dick's is bad customer service. I'm saying it's hard to get good people. It's you've got to pay people more money. So wage inflation is pushing prices up. There's labor, you know, people are just not getting hired. So you got to take whatever. You got to take the guy because I can't get anybody else to work here. That won't even help somebody live. Wait, something. wait, t- tell us how you got this thing into your truck, though. It's now, now I get this. Now I got to know. I mean, my wife had to lift it. We started picking it. So I'm like, Laura, I got it. You got to give me a hand. She was like looking at other stuff because the dude here won't lift it with me. It's ridiculous. That's it wasn't. Really it was actually just big and awkward. I actually like bustled it a bit and got. I don't like this. I'm like trying to like you know lift it, but it was awkward. Right. Be, awkward is code for is, is guy code for heavy. Okay. Yeah. It, it, if something is awkward, that's a guy saying it's not heavy. It's just awkward, right? But He's no, like, it's heavy. It's can heavy. you give me a hand left in this? Yeah. It's not that heavy. Okay. And he walks I, away. I'm like, what the hell are we? I'm in a, a kitchen store with eighteen hundred dollar toasters. The guy can't help me lift the sink I just bought. Joke. Did okay. you ask for the manager? Uh, well, I did eventually. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but oh, not to complain it. about that. I had to actually because the sink. So here's my story, right, Joel? Same thing that you would do too. The sink's got like a little scratch on the front of it. So I'm like, <laughs> now, okay, this is a brand new sink. I just bought a brand new sink. He's like, well, we don't have another one. I'm like, well, can't knock something off the price. It's scratched already. It is a slop sink. So I'm like, I'll still take it with the scratch. But I'm like, can you knock something off? He's like, uh, no, the online stores, because I, we bought this online, we were showing up to pick it up, is different than this store. And I'm arguing, arguing. Finally, then I asked for the manager, and the manager came over, he knocked 10% off. So you got to ask. You got to ask. Gotta 10% ask. Off. I, I, I got a story. It's not as good as that, and it's not about shopping. But uh, Spencer, you know that uh, that thunderstorm that rolled through here on Saturday morning? Yes. That that you, sir? There yes. was. Okay. So not only is Lisa not good at Peloton, but I didn't even look at the weather forecast. And so we went out to Kensington, and it wasn't oh, supposed to rain till like uh, eleven, that's, right? That sucks. <laughs> and we got out there a little before nine, and uh, and it started like the clouds were rolling in, and I'm like, "What are you?" I'm, I'm like, "Well, you know, maybe 
you know, we should just go for a little walk around here and stay near the car. No, we're going for a bike ride. Four miles in, we stopped to drink some water, and the skies just get black. It was nasty. And we just got completely drenched. We had no towels in the car, nothing. I mean, we were, I was soaked down. My underwear was soaked. Everything. Uh, okay. Socks were soaked. You, you, you can stop there. You can. Good weekend. That store was, storm was nasty. It came in hot. Was, it came in fast, too, because I'm usually pretty good. I'm like, oh, we we got we can get to the car. And then, like, it just, just came right in. But, uh, you guys right. sending me a text when they're that bad, Joel, because I get the storm six hours after you do, because oh, that's where bad. the storm systems work. So now that I'm in, up in Georgian Bay, it shows up about five, six hours after it shows up in the D. So start texting me when they're bad like that. Okay, so let's go. All right, let's go. Where the chat's going to start saying me. They're getting so to angry. Like... This is storytelling Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, they don't want to talk about stocks. All they do is go down. I know. Uh, we're trying to cheer you guys up. Toll Brothers <laughs> reported uh, last night. Uh, Joel and I were talking about the, uh, the the housing starts data from yesterday. I mean, who in their right mind wants to buy a house right now with 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 prices and and rates going higher? But anyway, Toll Brothers reported eps beat and sales beat last quarter they reported uh or they sorry they guided that they're gonna deliver oh my gosh only eleven thousand units for the whole year that seems like nothing uh they delivered 2400 houses in the, in the second quarter Eleven thousand is their expectation for the year how's the stock doing this morning tol oh i mean this is like wasn't great it's not talking great but they didn't say anything that bad so it's kind of a relief pop because it wasn't that bad but those housing starts numbers yesterday morning supposed to be oh. down one percent and down like 17 percent is what i'm talking yeah, i mean about. who who wants to get a house right now you can't go start building a house right now take it from me don't build a house i started before covid started i actually get bought some stuff before the crazy you know inflation i bought our windows early but everything everything i'm not the tail end of this house and i'm like Everything is just twice as much as it was last year. It's honestly that bad. It's everything. You know, you're buying lumber. You know, your $10 two by fours here in Canada. They were $4 before COVID started. So there's just so many things that inputs that go into our house. They can't build the houses for what they were building before. I talked to my builders. I've talked to other builders, not my builder, but I talked to other builders. He said in Canada, they were building before COVID from Three hundred dollars a foot to like five hundred dollars a square foot. So three hundred dollars cheaper at five hundred dollars high end. That number is now four fifty to seven hundred. Two years, you know, two years later, it's went up that much. He's like, we're up fifty percent on our house prices to build them. Like that's just passing it through to the customer. So you know, and you're looking at that, your four hundred thousand dollar house they were building is now six hundred thousand dollars. So I mean, there's just going to be a lot less people building houses because they simply can't afford them. So, I mean, this is not just a Canadian thing. This is an everywhere thing. These housing prices are, are very extreme to build new houses right now. And until those prices start to come in, people are going to be like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. Durable yeah. goods must be bad. We just took another leg lower in the S&P. This is what we do. Going, yeah, 39.13.50. But durable goods are must have been bad or something. That was that. Oh, durable, uh, durable uh, goods. Just, uh, yeah, there's. There, it was zero. There were no durable goods. There were none. They canceled the report. They, uh, we no, lost no. There was no durable goods. In reality, in, in, in reality, in reality uh, be. Core, core, no, it didn't. Core durable goods uh, for April, month over month, um, up, uh, up, <laughs> up 0.3% versus an estimate of up 0.6%. Durable goods 
from March to April were up 1.2%. And from April to May were up 0.3%. So a big, the big month over month decline there uh, in durable goods orders. Because again, who wants to buy big stuff right now? Uh, so that's the theme we've been discussing Not fun. for a while. Uh, what about Wendy's? Let's talk about Wendy's real fast and then we'll have, we'll bring on our guests, but uh, real quick on toll. Yeah, uh, boy, that 44, we talked about this chart yesterday. What a, this is like Dennis's heartbeat. Like when he's trading, goes up and down, up and down and something spikes and his heartbeat goes way up here. And then yeah, pretty spike. much 44 mm-hmm. rock solid. But what you, what you, you told brothers shareholders, what you wanted, you want to stay green. First of all first and foremost, and you want to take out 46.54. That was the high from yesterday. You, know, you got a little bit upside. Uh, maybe like 48 would be a dream, uh, but uh, 44, I'll, I'll go with the, the the ranges here. Make sure you uh, take out that 40, 46.54 before you get um, get too excited. Anyway, if we bounce back, we hit 13.50. We're back at 39.20, so just a little a little elbow flush there. And, we'll uh, go back to the Wendy's. Let's go to Wendy's. Wendy's. been a long time since we've discussed this stock. And Nelson Peltz, who's an activist investor, famous famous guy, long-term shareholder in Wendy's, actually, um, out with a new filing last night. I have a, I have the filing up right now, a new 13D, in which, first of all, he increased his stake by about, uh, what, like 60%. Uh, he bought he, – he now owns almost 40% of the company. Um, so that's the first thing he, yeah, or sorry, he owns almost 20% of the company. He owns 41 million right. shares. The second thing is buried deep in this filing. And this is where, you, you know, reading SEC filings and re- actually scrolling can, can benefit. You had to really scroll down here to the section that's called purpose of transaction to item number four. And that's where he's, that's where he sort of gives some, some thoughts on why he's buying more shares of Wendy's. And within that paragraph or several paragraphs is uh, our couple comments like, "Hey, we could be down to like take this company private, uh, yeah. or take it over, or yeah. do some other strategic alter- um, st- strategic initiatives." And uh, we're interested. So, so Wendy's is up because Nelson Pelt, who is a longtime shareholder in the company, uh, a bought more shares, but B floated the idea that he could be down to buy all the shares. And that's why it started ripping so high. So here, and anybody who thinks it's easy short in stocks, here's a story for you too. So I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at Wendy's pelts doubling the position. I'm like, okay, it's worth something. It goes 17, 17, 50 right off the hop, and I'm like, ah, that's probably fair. Then it goes 18, 18, 50, 19. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are we getting this crazy again? And then you know, eventually it hits up to 1950. So anyways, um, just actually we're moving around here on the stocks. Bah, sold, sold, sold. Uh, just joking. But well, no, not really. Um, 19. So I, anyways, it, it goes up to 19. And I'm like, well, this is just getting dumb. I'm like, it's too much. So I shorted at 19. I'm like, this is just dumb. And then it goes to 1950. And then they start talking on CNBC. Of course, at that time, they start talking to CNBC. He may just take the, you know, this might just take the whole company over. I'm like. Oh gosh, man! And I, you know, obviously, I see that he bought more shares, but I didn't take the time to read that that was in there, that line that you just read. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so I don't know. So then it comes back down a little bit. I literally short, yeah, at 19, and it was only up there for like 19.50, and I'm like, uh, and it comes right back into 19. I was like, I don't know. They're talking about potentially taking it. I'll just take it off. So anyways, so I sold short at 19, basically cover. I think 19.10. So I lost 10 cents. 
and it comes right back into 1750. So, I mean, this is, you know, the dealing of, you know, being short, you know, you think, and eventually it's probably going back to 16, but it's not that easy to hold when you're right in the mix of it. And then they start talking on CNBC about your stock and they start talking, you might just take the whole thing over. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I didn't know that he was like potentially doing that. I just thought he doubled his position. So mm-hmm. anyways, I basically, I lost 10 cents actually, I think on the trade, but now it is, if you just hold it and forget about it, I'll be up a buck and a quarter. So shorting's not that easy. Joel, do you have thoughts on the chart itself? Joel, you're on mute. Oh, no. Joel. I, I think his, his lawn's getting mowed right now. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Man. My lawn's getting tell, mowed, too, I, I tell you right I now. I should tell him He's not to come nailed. on Wednesday morning. It's not I mean, a euphemism. I'm, I'm actually, sick. it's me mowing my lawn because when Dennis starts talking, I run outside, I fire up the lawnmower, <laughs> I, I do a ah. little portion, and then I come back and I put on, and I'm like, oh, the technicals and Wendy's. <laughs> Wait, where'd he go? Wait, no, I don't know. He, he's still here. He turned his camera off. Oh, That's, he's he's still here though. Uh, oh, is he mad at me? What happened? Oh, I had my kid try to break in again here. The girl, <laughs> the girl is homesick. Wife had to drive the other kid to school, so I'm solo parenting here and trying to do the radio show. So she was knocking at the door, and I was like, "What do you need?" I was like, "So I quickly shut the camera off. I'm getting good at that, so that she doesn't break in. I just." Camera off, camera off. What do you need? I'm on the radio. Hurry up, please, please, please. <laughs> um, I think with these kind of things, uh, like with these Wendy's, I mean, in, when they get these pops, you just got to, I mean, I don't know how quick you can be, but it always seems like you look after the fact that I know it just goes up there in a nanosecond, but there were three highs, like at the 1950 area. Now, in the moment you're looking at when you're short at 19, you're probably not drilling in your daily and saying, oh, well, that's a good resistance point. But uh, we're trading up a buck 48 um, and you got to do a reset now. Your next daily high, man, we got some work to do even to the get. If we get to 18 and 18 bid. You still got a pair of highs at eighteen thirty, so I don't think you're getting another shot at nineteen fifty today. All right, let's bring on our guest today, Craig Johnson, who is a managing director and the chief market technician at Piper Sandler. Mr. Johnson, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Oh, now he no wait, Craig, you're on mute too. So check your mic settings for a second. I think you may be on the wrong mic input there. And hopefully we can get you back on. We'll get him. Yeah. He's, he's tech savvy. Yeah. Craig, Craig's a tech savvy guy. This is, ooh, this is a new problem that we, we haven't had this issue with Craig. Um, okay. Here's what I'm going to do, Craig. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move you backstage for a second uh, and check the, the little settings gear on, on the bottom there. Make sure you're on the right, the right mic input. And then confirm that you are. We can try this one more time. And if not, I will step away for a second with okay. and troubleshoot with him. Um, but do we, know why, do we know why we had that little pop there? That uh, about the I durable mean, that was goods. Yeah, durable no, goods. no, we had a, the down, but they they brought it oh, right yeah. back up. Yeah, that's just choppy. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. just a choppy. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. That's okay. Craig, how are we doing out there? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We're doing wonderful. Uh, You know, Joel, I didn't need to hear about your wet underwear over the weekend, though. I mean, I just, I got to tell you. Actually, um, I don't think I was wearing any. I think oh, that. Uh, oh, I oh stop it now, please. <laughs> I mean, I know the market's bad and everything, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a new one. Jeez. Let's move on. All right. So, all right. So we had um, Ivan Fine. Did you know Ivan Fine, Seth, at all from Tigris Financial Partners? I uh, unfortunately do not. Okay. Well, he's, he's our rah-rah bull guy. Okay. And he even does better. I don't want to say better than you because you hung in there during COVID. You were like, the world is not ending. The world is coming back. Get out there and buy stocks. And we're like, oh, the world's ending. Well, the world didn't end. But it's ending now, Craig. So what? (laughs) It's ending now. So give us, come on, get back up on the, on the, on the, on the, on the pulpit and, and, and tell us why we should be bullish. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a screen with you, right? Oh, yeah, I love this. Okay, so I think this should do it. I think it's this one right here. What do you see? Yep, looking good. So remember when we were all kids and driving in the car? Can you just zoom in, in, though? Can you make it bigger, easier to Uh, see? Like on the top there, like they hit the plus sign. It's right in the middle. Go back. Well, oh, right really a little pus. Oh, there you go. Hey, now you're cooking with gas. So, whoa, there we go. There we go. How's that? Yeah, there you go. Perfect. There we go. Much better. We're nice. so, <laughs> when we're in the car, the kids are in the back, and you're on this road trip, and it's like, are we there yet? This is oh, like yeah. the number one question that I'm getting from investors across the board. And I'll tell you, we're not quite there yet, but. Here's the hope, and here's what I want to ultimately share with all everybody that's listening here today. So when I look at the price of objective, uh, what I'm thinking about year end and where I think we can go near term in here, <clears throat> it's very clear for everybody that this price action right here is a classic head and shoulders top. We've broken the neckline on that head and shoulders top, and we now need to reach that measured objective. <clears throat> I think we're going to reach that measured objective probably somewhere around the 4th of July. What is that measured objective to the downside? In my view, it's going to be right around 3,500. It's also going to be a 50% retracement level. We're also, guys, going to be talking about this particular chart up here too. This is our own proprietary work where we look at how many of the industry groups that we track 
remain above a 40-week moving average. Now, for all the listeners out there, you can certainly do something similar with uh, looking at the S&P 500 or other indices and say how many of those stocks are above their 200-day. But right now, this indicator for me is sitting at 15%. Usually washouts occur sub 10% type readings. We're very close to getting there. And I think on the next leg lower, we're going to get to those levels. And then, guys, here's where it gets exciting and why I stick with my price objective is where it is. Because if you just look at the statistics of this particular tool going all the way back to the 1960s and 70s. And if I don't think that this is a oil crisis like 74, 75, where they just completely shut off oil coming to the United States, not the case. And if this is not the great financial crisis like 2008, 2009, and you look out 26 weeks forward from here, you're talking about median returns that are going to be way north of 10%. You look out 52 weeks and you're talking about median forward returns over 20%. So, guys, what I'm saying is we're getting to that sort of final washout point. It's not time yet to step up and buy. But this is why my 4775 number, I stick the flag in the sand and say, we're going to get there by year end. And there's going to be a pretty good rally. Because once we hit those washout levels, look at how market breadth typically just really expands very, very quickly coming off of these levels. And that is about as bullish, guys, as it gets in this market right now. Craig, so I just, um, why, so we're going to wash out down to, you're saying 3,500 potentially? Correct. And why is everybody just going to come in and just rip, roar, rally it all the way back up to new all-time highs? Why is that going to happen? Because when you go through and you look at where the Fed is at right now, and you look at, Uh, the forward sort of probabilities for interest rates and stuff. Right now, the market is priced in somewhere between seven and eight rate increases from the Fed. I don't think that that's going to happen. Right now, this is a game of chicken between the Fed and investors right now. And the Fed blinked in 2018 once the market sold off and really went down into bear market territory very quickly. They need to act to stabilize things. And I think what they're going to do is They're going to move from this really hawkish tone to a little bit more dovish tone. And therefore, the rate increases that are priced in start to get backed out. And when that happens, um, this is where we're going to get the uh, big move to the upside. Doesn't it all just depend on inflation, though? I mean, obviously, are you assuming that we are getting inflation in check here in the next couple of months? And that's going to be the catalyst to drive us higher? Because, I mean, we started with inflation. This problem started with inflation. It's no doubt because that's why the Fed is raising rates. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you waiting for, like like I've said on this show, I want to wait till I see that first data point where I see the CPI start ticking down, like below expectations, and that's going to be my cue to, to jump in stocks are you looking at the data points at all or you're just simply going to look at the charts and let that tell you what to do i'm going to look at the companies and i'm going to have those charts tell me what we ultimately need to do um, because i think the market's going to be a better discounting mechanism versus just waiting for uh the actual government data to come through and step back and think about it this way you've talked about dicks on the show here and sporting goods and some of these other yeah, things yeah i think with the higher gasoline prices that are yet to come you're going to start to reduce consumer demand. You're getting a huge inventory of uh, products coming into these retail stores that they're going to want to move that inventory because they're going to have too much of it. And then they're going to start cutting prices. Consumers are also going to sit on their hands knowing that there are going to be discounts coming. Not only the scratch on the sink 
uh, Dennis, that you were talking about. <laughs> you getting more than a 10% discount in some of this stuff. And you just walk through a Home Depot and they are up to their eyeballs in inventory and they're going to have to cut uh, prices and move things along. It's just going to be a couple months down the road before that happens. But all these pieces, as we think about it, are going to ultimately bring down uh, some of that inflation pressure. Um, we're not going to bring down the wage inflation pressure, clearly. But uh, on the consumer side of things, uh, the higher gasoline prices and all these other pieces, I think, will ultimately correct themselves through the mechanism of higher price. And I think that process is starting to unfold. We're online with Craig Johnson. He's the managing director at uh, Piper Sandler at CFA and CMT as well. Uh, well, first of all, if we get back to 4,800 by year end, man, I am, I would be so tempted to get flat every one of my portfolios. And the thing is that, I mean, we're talking inflation here. I just see, I see other problems here. Um, and I know inflation is a major issue and that's what we're focusing on. But when you're doing, you know, those, uh, you know, looking back historically at that indicator, what about, you know, when have we had these kind of geopolitical circumstances, you know, what's going right, you know, Russia and Ukraine and the tensions with China. I mean, is that something that is just going to just be overlooked? It's not part of history. That, that That's what concerns me. That's why I don't think we're going to turn around and go right back to 4,800. So if you put that chart back up, Spencer, onto the screen. Oh, yeah, sorry. What I want to what I want to make the observation here is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom into this really so that you can see it in a very big way. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Okay. Oh, like that. I like that. So let me just move this over now. <clears throat> so as we look at this, Joel, take a look at the dates on these yes. charts in here, right? When we saw this sort of breath down here, okay, a lot of that negativity war in various periods okay whether, whether you've had high oil prices spikes crash of the market at 87 the tech bubble all these other periods a lot of negativity back then my point is the market does a great job of pricing that sort of negativity into it and that's what you're seeing with the number of stocks now breaking below their 40 week or 200 day moving averages and there's no question that some of the CPI data and some of these other indicators, they, they may not turn around until 2023, but the market looks ahead six to nine months pretty efficiently. And that's where I'm saying is I think you're going to see it in the stocks before you're going to see it in some of those economic gauges. Jeez. And right now the market is telling us that we're pretty, we're, we're to levels right now that you've always wanted to buy stocks. Like you would have made money every single time if you were down there buying stocks when this gauge was at these sort of washed out levels. Am I okay, wrong? I'm bullish. <laughs> no, you convinced me. No. Okay. It, it, All right. Good it's a tough market right now. I want to be bullish. I want to buy like, and, and I don't know, like Craig, I don't think I can time this bottom as well in my long-term portfolio. I'm a day trader. I do pretty well doing that, but. I'm just like nibbling here. Like, how should we approach this? Should we wait exactly for 3,500, or should we be like nibbling on some good companies at reasonable valuations now? Question mark. I, I think you know when you talk to the big portfolio managers that are, uh, you know, with billions under management, they're going to start to nibble on stuff down here that they want to own. They're not buying a full position. They might be buying a quarter position, something along those lines, and um, that's what they're kind of sort of starting to do. And nibble at some of these things. 
And because they know that when they've got to turn over the portfolio in a big way, that's going to be very difficult for them to do. But in that last sort of big push down, I, I think they're going to be able to do some of that rotation. The liquidity will be there. They'll make some of the rotations. And by the way, guys, one topic we haven't touched on here today, just changing topics real quick, is, you know, take a look at all the generals out there in the marketplace, right? I mean, if we take a look here at uh, what's happening with some of these stocks like yeah. Apple, yeah, right? And what happens in the very last stages of any sort of market downturn is you basically see the generals of the market really start to sell off. Yeah. And is that not already happening? I mean, if you look back at some weekly charts, I know this you're more on the day trading side of things, Dennis, but you look at some of these longer term charts and um, oops, you look at these longer term charts and you've got bigger downtrend reversals uh, that have already happened. And that is clearly a distributional looking chart. And even Amazon, the way it's breaking down, all these bank stocks were the ones that held up the best that are now starting to break or have broken in a lot of cases. And Facebook has face planted, right? So this is all the kind of stuff that you want to see to provide confirmation and assurance that when we get to those lows, it's time to sort of shove the chips out onto the table. So 3,500, put your buy order out there and wait for it. So, and then wait for it. And then that's where we're going to make the money. <laughs> yeah. Buy it, hold it, trade around your positions, get those core positions that you want done, and then you can day trade around those core positions, of course. Um, but that's where I think you're going to make the real money. And I'm not going to argue with you long term because, you know, I, we, we, I don't know how early we were listening to the show, but, you know, we were talking the financial crisis and I was telling about, you know, my long term portfolio. And some of my long term portfolio, I started nibbling on these positions like buying Merck at $35. It went to 20 on me in the financial crisis. And I was like, uh, six months later, I'm like, why did I buy that at 35? But here I am. I still own my Merck, and it's 95. You know, 12 years later, and you're happy with it. Mastercard. It was so many different stocks. But uh, one thing to consider, and I want to ask you this, Craig, too, is not all these stocks are coming back, though, right? Like, there's a lot of people who are jumping still in the Kathy Woods bandwagon, and there's a lot of companies that maybe in that portfolio that maybe aren't going to be coming back. What are your thoughts here? Is it still about stock selection here? I think it's still going to be about stock selection. Um, you are right. There are some calm zombie companies out there that uh, haven't been able to really put up decent earnings or are still losing money that probably won't come back. I mean, we saw that in the uh, tech bubble and we could very well see the same kind of things happen once again. Um, so wouldn't be surprised. And I think that would actually be healthy to clear some of that, call it dead wood out of the forest. Um, and I think it would be a good thing to have happen. In biotech, land, you got a lot of companies that are now trading below cash value. And I know. Still, I, yeah. And they're still burning cash. I think there's close to 200 companies trading below cash value uh, in that space. And so I think you got to be careful specifically in some of those biotech areas. Uh, one more before we let you go. Uh, how about these utilities? I mean, just, you know, you're hiding out. You're thinking, man, they're going to come for it. I guess it's the pricing power. Man, uh, just the yeah, the resiliency of uh, the utilities. Is that something you expect to persist or, or eventually it's going to get tagged like everything else? Well, we got a combination of a couple things happening here, right? So if you read through uh, some of the most recent filings from the energy companies, 
like those, those, those companies have basically said, we've changed how we're going to pay executives. We're no longer going to pay you based upon oil production. We're going to pay you based on profitability, which means the likelihood of poking more holes in the ground at the pace we had seen when prices went up is not going to happen anymore. Parlay that into a discussion of the utility sector. Um, we're going to try to put more and more uh, consumption of energy into an electrical form, whether it's automobiles and everything else. And you look at these utility companies and Wisconsin Electric, Excel Energy, you name some of these things, and they're not breaking down. They look like they want to take another like higher. From a trading perspective, those are your classic defensive names, along with Lilly and some of those other names out there. But at this point in time, they're not breaking down, and nor are the energy stocks. And I think we got to take careful, pay careful attention to that, because again, they're probably not going to roll over until you get that final leg lower, which again I still think is coming and probably happens before the fireworks at the Fourth of July. But you know, Joel, the other thing you, we got to watch carefully in the energy patch too is if energy doesn't roll over uh, and we start the next leg up. That probably means that uh, we've entered some sort of period of time that looks like 2003 to maybe 2007 or 8. Because that's when when you saw energy lead and the market was moving higher. That's not typically the sector leadership of a strong bull market. Right. Uh, Craig Johnson, uh, Piper Sandler, he is a managing director there. He's also a chief market technician, always coming prepared with the charts. And uh, I, like Joel, will never forget when Craig came on our show in, in April 2020 and was like, Talk me off the ledge. Bye, bye, bye. He talked me off the ledge. This I isn't know. the zombie apocalypse. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I watched too much Walking Dead. <laughs> we were like, oh, I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to come back on when we get to that 3,500 level and uh, pound the table once again, because we're going to certainly get that, call it green light, go sign to buy equities, I think, down at that level. All right. All Craig, right. Well, I just learned more in 15 minutes than I did in four years of college. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for watching, Craig. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. All right, man. Yeah. Got, Craig always comes. He always comes prepared. With good charts, that's the that's, oh, the, yeah, that's the one thing. Um, all right, so uh, hey, well, that was a great conversation. Unfortunately, some people uh, in the chat are a little bit distracted by the fact that we had a mullen pumper in the chat. That person is gone now. Um, <laughs> he I was mean, a paying pumper, more, though. More we all paying pumpers, don't we? I think it was it a lady. seventy bucks. More power, mullen. More power to you. I mean, it's a ninety-eight cent stock. Good luck. Or whatever it is. Good what what is mullen? That. Crypto? It's a, it's an EV company. Good luck with that. I don't even know what Mullen is. Correction: ninety dollars. I've never got is tip ninety dollars. One dollar. All right. I mean, I've never even I've never even looked at this company before. Look at a, that. I just got new stuff. He tipped, he tipped us seventy bucks and he gave us a new ticker to trade. Uh, no, although it's, it's under a dollar. It's under a dollar. I wouldn't. Um, all right. No, uh, no, no comment. No comment. <laughs> Wait, what else from the chat? Uh, I, um, we, discuss? Uh, we haven't just, I want to talk about China just briefly here. Cause a lot of these stocks were like, when I, when I come in this morning, I look at my pro, I look at what's up, what's down. And these are the, what, among the first things I noticed in the morning is a lot of them were trading up today. Like I, I saw LI Lee auto, um, up nicely when I, when I hopped in this morning, uh, it's off its highs now, but all of China opened higher this morning. Um, you want to like address Alibaba? I saw someone in the chat mention Alibaba as well. I mean, we're we're at we're at Alibaba the reports tomorrow. Yeah, Alibaba reports tomorrow. Oh my gosh! Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, it does it. 
Yes. I have Baidu. I didn't know Baba reported. Yes. Baba does? Yes. I have Baidu on my list. I've had Baba too. I didn't know that. Um, $73. Washa low back on March 15th. That was JP Morgan low, we'll call it. And then, obviously, because they said China's uninvestable, that was right at the very bottom. And then five days later, ran to 120. That was a gift. We've come all the way back down. We have good support in here, but I'm not trading anything technically if it's reporting your earnings tomorrow. Mm. No man's land. I, I wish I could. I wish I could give you a level here um, without going too wide. Right? I mean, ninety. I look at ninety right now. That looks like a little wall there with a couple daily highs. And I guess you got two lows at the same area. Uh, yesterday's low uh, was eighty-two, eighty-one fifty-four, and that matches your other low at eighty-two. So eighty-two to ninety, pretty much throwing darts in between there uh here is the calendar for the rest of the week here nvidia is the big one tonight that's what all eyes are on uh william sonoma oh. gas blanc box snowflake oh, is william also- sonoma oh oh boy oh boy, I know. Oh boy. I know. that's high and stuff yep i know it's come snowflake. down a lot though yeah. so if they say anything okay it's it's kind of like the best buy if they say anything even remotely okay to stock a rally on it, they miss Katie bar the door. Uh, Snowflake is also, I believe, it's, it's. I mean, it's come way off, but I believe Snowflake. If you look at like the high twenty-eight, but if, if you look at the high, if you look at the high growth tech, and I believe I saw this, Snowflake is still actually like in that basket among that basket of high growth tech stocks. It is the most expensive on a price to sales basis still. So uh, still, it, it, it's held up relative, relative. Yeah, it's only to down seventy percent, not like ninety-seven percent, like room. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they report tonight. Wow. Uh, tomorrow morning is Alibaba, Macy's, Baidu, Dollar General, uh, Dollar Tree, Burlington. So, um, some all the dollar stores. They're like after Target, and Walmart again. The bar is set very low for all of these companies. I'll just say that. But you know, we know the bar was set low for Target too, and they managed to like bar here and they came in like and, <laughs> and and what about like snapchat which was down 75 percent heading into uh oh or, or, as of monday's close the stock was down 75 percent if you had said i'm seriously how much worse can this thing get well it can fall by half in one day as it just did so or almost half in one day so um, dan nathan was on cnbc last night saying he's bought snapchat and he thinks that this thing could eventually basically go back to its all-time highs eventually I longer term that is- i'm going to take the opposite opinion yes on this just my opinion don't at me or whatever you know you don't have to go nuts on me i believe snapchat could be a zero I'm I don't saying think it's, it's a day. I, I don't think it's a zero, but it's. I, I think, think it could I don't be think a it zero. Never comes back. I'm not saying it is going to zero. I'm saying it has a potential to go to zero because they're burning cash. I don't know if they have a path to profitability. If they do, it's not great. TikTok is eating their lunch. TikTok I mean, is on another level. It's TikTok on is another level. And this is one thing to talk about. Snapchat. You can say, well, online advertising is dead because of Snapchat disappointment. I do not believe that. I believe it's TikTok. This. I believe Snapchat's fall and weakness is a tiktok problem and it, yeah is online advertising going to be weaker well if we're going to recession for sure it is but i think it's kind of ridiculous that we punished google 150 dollars yesterday and facebook and all these other companies again we're in a bear market so it's hard to buy these things but um i just think snap has a major tiktok problem 
I don't think anybody that I know is using Snap anymore. Very few people, like you said, you're not using it either. No. Snapchat has major problems. I believe, you know, anybody who's coming in here thinking that this is going to just turn it around, I, I think there's bigger problems here. So I'm staying completely away from Snap. I will not be buying Snap at any price. I'm telling you, right. me a new product. I'm hopping, guys. Sorry to interrupt you, Triple D. I'm going to go talk about uh, biotech with uh, Robert Driscoll. Uh, oh, so I, I, ask, him biotech. To find, ask him to find stocks that are trading below cash value because they, they, okay. as <clears throat> they are, they do exist right now, uh, though that in and of itself is not necessarily the problem. Yeah, because they burn the cash. I mean, this is the right. one problem, and, and, and this is where investors really, and even myself through the years, you know, I've learned the hard way. Just because a biotech company is trading below its cash value doesn't mean it's a buy. And this is a simple reason. Their job is to burn that cash. It is their job to burn cash because they're trying, obviously, to come up with a new drug. So, I mean, that costs money. So it all depends on will this burn cash turn into a product eventually? In many cases, it will not. So don't just automatically assume that a stock, a biotech stock that is trading below cash value is a screaming buy because the majority of these companies will burn that cash. Will it turn into a product? In some cases it will. In many cases it won't. So you got to be very careful. XBI has been an absolute disaster. I bought some of this on 100 bucks um, back at the end of 2021. It was a big mistake. I actually sold some of it. I should have sold it all. It's $67 here now. I don't know. This is speculative biotech. Speculative stocks are in the gutter right now and being punished. How low can XBI go? I mean, we're back to 2017 pricing. Could it continue to go lower? If all these little biotech companies continue to burn more cash and people are, and, and let's say, you know, capital is, is getting tighter for them, there's going to be more of these companies that struggle. So we're a little bit of the, you know, the environment that we're in. It's not as easy for these companies maybe to get that next funding that next round of funding. So maybe companies that actually would have come up with a good product in a better macro environment that would have came up with a drug in a better macro environment may not get the funding and might go down anyways. So, I mean, that's where the reset in a recession, speculative biotech is not the place to be. No, it is not. All right. That is a wrap for our show today. Thanks a lot, Dennis. Have a great rest of your day. Everyone, we're going to head on over to live trading with Benzinga Mitch Zunaid taking you through the open today. I'll see if I can stop by for a few as well. Uh, if you would be so kind before we go here, just drop us a like. How are we doing on likes today? Before I go, let me just check on that. And, and hey, while you're there, if you want to subscribe to our channel, that would also help us out a lot. We're at 382 likes. Let's get to 450 in the next like 30 seconds. Uh, thanks to Craig Johnson for coming on as always. Thanks to all of you for hanging out in the chat. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. All right, now let's get to 500. Um, also, Benzinga.com slash pre-market, our redesigned pre-market homepage. This show is embedded there. You can watch us on that page. You can get gainers, losers, earnings, the biggest ratings of the morning, all on that page. Benzinga.com slash pre-market. Going to end this show right now. Hop on over to live trading with Benzinga. Stay tuned for that. Catch you guys later. Good luck at the open, everyone. Introducing Smarter Financial News Search with Benzinga Pro. Now, with an array of familiar screening filters like price, short interest, and P.E. ratio, you can actually screen financial news for stock trading ideas. But that's not all. 
On top of fundamental and technical screening for actionable news catalysts, now you can tailor your newsfeed with Woolene operators or, and, and not. The result is perfect. By your own standards for your own news trading strategy. Prepare for the upcoming rebound. Capture news catalysts before major price moves. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.